Indeed we belong with God. And his plans for us are good. And we can always boldly come to the throne of grace. But it is important to remember that we are always on a journey. A journey that we call life. We're always making decisions and taking steps in a direction towards God or in a direction away from God. And we must experience the victory that Jesus Christ has won for us with each step. Otherwise, as I keep saying, it is all in vain. It is just talk. It must be real to us. And when we experience that, our lives become an evangelical tool. We don't have to say anything, but they know that unless God would, or God is with us, or God was with us, we could not have done this. Now, we have to keep renewing our mind in our identity. That doesn't mean that we always do what is right. For example, if you take my life, I don't do always what is right, but I'm still the righteousness of God. It is important that we keep that in mind. In Ephesians 5.8, it says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So as we walk, we walk as children of the light. Yes, we were once in darkness, now we are in the light. And that is what we are called to do. Now sometimes we fall, but we get up. But the point I'm trying to make and I'm trying to make you understand is that there must be an identity in Christ. The identity must come first, then our behavior will follow. Like I said, you are the light of the Lord. That is your identity. Walk as children of the light. That is your behavior. Behavior comes because of who we think we are. Because of our identity. And Jesus has made us righteous. In 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says, For he had made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become 
the righteousness of God in God in Christ that is our identity i have to hold on to my identity in Christ even though i may not always do what is right i come back like i keep saying you if you're palace minded you'll always go back to the palace if you're mud minded you'll always go back to the mud no matter where you're kept your identity in christ has to come first eventually that identity will take root and then you will see the fruit even in your behavior so first the identity identity has to come to your mind that is why you have to renew your mind keep renewing it daily you have to understand this fact that identity will come first and then your behavior will follow this is the walk of life this is the pathway of life we want to experience the victory that jesus won on the cross for us meaning it has to be real it is not something that the priests talk about on sunday or something you read about in the bible it has to be real to us and this year we're going to study and understand why sometimes it is not as real as it should be and why sometimes it all seems like it is fake or it is maybe a crutch and it's not a life a life that is everlasting a life that is interesting the life that continues to grow see we are continually assimilating imbibing taking in from a, a environment remember our environment is what we make it the world is fallen but jesus christ offers life and life in its fullness that's why we must not neglect the gathering of the believers so we are imbibing assimilating either true life from our creator from our redeemer or counterfeit life from the deceiver which is no life at all there is no other path either you're true to god or you're not we sing that song change my heart change my whole heart oh lord and sometimes we sing it with passion and all the emotions but changing our heart involves changing our thoughts emotions 
and will so that our action confirm to the changed thought the thought that is equal to the thought of god the emotions that are equal to the emotions that god has if god says something is bad you must know and think that it is bad and further from that why do we entertain ourselves our mind with what we know is bad in god's eyes like i said we can either walk with god or away from god our thoughts and emotions and will must be the will of god no matter what we are doing we are either nourishing and strengthening this new life with god this walk with god or we are weakening and stunting it stunting the growth retarding it and if we retard it enough we will throw the bible away and walk away from what we know as faith in god it affects every aspect of our life i'm talking about spiritual growth so these functions are continually active in our life and there is no aspect of our life that is not involved in this transformation spiritually in 1 corinthians 10:31 it says therefore whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god whatever you do as a goal of our life is to live to the glory of god this is also the goal of a spiritual transformation if god doesn't live in us and we don't think like god and our emotions are not conformed to god how can we glorify him but like i said before this is both a challenge and it is a blessing to constantly pay attention to our next step always thinking about whether it is along the path of life or or along the way of destruction always thinking whether we are glorifying the lord with our life or not always taking the thought and effort to do that is humanly impossible i'll say it again it's humanly impossible to always be right with god that is why we must remember that it is only by god's undertaking that we are in christ while we are sinners christ died for us it's not because you merited it or you deserved it because jesus did it for you but yes 
there is a process that you must submit to. But understand what I'm saying. If you go to 1 Corinthians 1, 30-31. Now I'm going to be reading from the NLT for this particular verse. In the New Living Translation it says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. It might differ in your translation. Like I said, I always teach from the NKJV, but this time I'm reading from the NLT. God has united you just because of God, because of His undertaking that you are in Christ Jesus. If you go to the Old Testament in Jeremiah 9.24, But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So if you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. It's the Lord that made you even want to take that path agreeable to Him. When you are sanctified, the word for sanctification is also the word for holiness. Jesus made us holy. It's not because you are holy and because you are holy, Jesus likes you. No, He died for you while you were unholy. Meaning it is not by our efforts. In the Old Testament, you take Abraham, who is the father of our faith. Or you take David. They did not deserve God's favor. No, rather they humbled themselves, walked in his path, in obedience to his ways, and received it as a gift. Understand that once they had to do something, what is that? Abraham believed. Yes? in God and it was accounted to him for righteousness but that righteousness he received as a gift not by his efforts meaning God imparted that to him just like he's imparting that to you as we read in 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to be righteous for us we become His righteousness. There's a substitution made. Go to 2 Corinthians 3, 7-8. I want you all to see this in the Bible. I'm talking about it being not because of our efforts. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones 
was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance which glory is passing away how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious so there is on one hand the ministry of death and on, on the other hand the ministry of the spirit in the new covenant we are under the ministry of the spirit but the old covenant it says is the ministry the word of god says is the ministry of death and it is written and engraved on stone what was written and engraved on stones the 10 commandments you go to exodus 20 yes that is a ministry of death not that it was not glorious the ministry of the spirit is that much more glorious do you, do you understand and we are called to walk in that glory and attribute that glory back to god who gave us this in the first place am i very clear in this if you don't understand ask me or go to the recording like i said the spiritual growth this walk of life of believers is a continuous process it's ongoing scripture uses the imagery of pilgrimage or a journey to describe it i spoke about it last week god says to abraham walk as i prescribed a journey means we have to take a path if you're taking a journey for example to uti or kodaikanal there must be a route you can't just randomly go no there must be a path this path of our life that we take is either a walk before the lord one that is the way of the righteous the path of life or a path that leads to death even the ministry of death according to the bible If you go to Proverbs 16:9 it says a man's heart plans his way but the Lord directs his steps The heart is wicked but even though we try to be right with God and we plan our ways if we are trying to be right with God sometimes they may not be right with God and God the Lord directs our steps Do you understand in the ancient world especially among nomadic people life was lived on foot For example if you wanted to go to Central Mall you would walk there not the, take the car There is a movie called Gods Must Be Crazy. In that a woman gets in the car and drives out of a driveway all to check her mail. And then drives back in after she checked her mail. This is 
how we live. But in the ancient days, ancient world, this life on foot, on, on foot, was described as a walk. So they walked in step by step along a path or a way for example in search of food and water or guided their flocks or the sheep and the herds to understand there was a path that was right and there's a path, there's a path that was wrong so as a result walking became a metaphor for the journey of life that's why God says walk with me yes so we may be practicing the Christian life by relegating our spiritual walk to well-defined religious activities such as church attendance Bible studies personal times of devotions I can go on while these things are a must, first of all, you must have your identity in Christ. Remember what I said? Identity first, and then behavior will follow. We cannot earn this. We cannot earn God's favor to partake in the new covenant. Because what is in the new covenant is a free gift. The grace we receive is a free gift by faith in Jesus. It's not because we earned it. Is, is, is it clear? Go to Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is a way of death. So you, you might seem that you're right with God, if you attend church, but your heart is not with God. Going to church on Sunday doesn't make all the bad things you write, you do during the week okay. Make it right, yes? Just because you attend Bible study doesn't make you more holy. What makes you more holy is the change that you have experienced in your life because you know God and because you like God. And we walk along with them. So the rest of our life is a journey that must be consecrated to the Lord. And it is because we don't have this consecration, sometimes we feel that our prayers are not answered or not heard. Whatever consumes our time must be done for the glory of the Lord. It is wrongly not considered to be part of this journey. Oh, this is not part of the church, so I can do this. This is secular. Everything you do, you have to glorify God. It doesn't matter what you do. Everything counts towards our spiritual growth. This is what the scripture says. In our in God's eyes, not our eyes, in God's eyes, our journey includes all of our life. 
whatever you do. We're always on this journey, making decisions, taking steps in one direction or the other. Even when we avoid deciding about something, we are deciding, we are taking a step in some direction. No decision is a decision. It affects our spiritual growth. So our spiritual growth and the transformation of the heart, of our heart, includes all our activities of our life. It's not separate. It's together. Let's not have this division between what this is God's and this is secular. Once a friend told me he was in a meeting with the Christian so-called. So there were at least four or five people in that table and the Christian said, we'll pray. And then they started the meeting with a prayer. As soon as the prayer got over, the Christian said, now let's talk business and use a foul word. So there is the aspect of God and there is the aspect of not God in his life. That is wrong. That is not how God wants things to be. If you're wondering why you're not growing spiritually, look. Check your life. Remember, there is no aspect in our life that is not involved in our transformation. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, we read that, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Yes? So, as the goal of our life is to live for the glory of God, this is the goal of our spiritual transformation. There, let there be not be a division. This is for God. This part of your life is for God and this part of your life is not for God. No, everything should be for God because our sufficiency is from God. Our competence, our adequacy, our capability is from God, is because of God. Remember, I'm talking about a journey of life. We call to live our lives before God in such a way that every single step is made with the reference to God. And every day experiences Him close at hand. That means we must experience God with every step we take. To each of us, God says as He did to Abraham centuries ago, walk before me. In Genesis 17, 1, it says, When Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Walking, however, is not simply walking per se. It's not just walking alone. Like I said, 
It is always walking along a particular path, a particular way. It's not randomly going somewhere. We can walk along the way of the Lord. Now God has a way. Go to Genesis 18:19. Says, "For I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they kept, that they keep the way of the Lord, and do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has spoken to him." So there is a way of the Lord. Do you understand that because we have a relationship with God, God will guide us as we walk with each junction. It's not like in the Old Testament where God had to tell the prophet in advance everything. You go this way, and then you prophesy this, and but you turn another way, and if you disobey me, you will die. So. because we have a relationship as we walk along god will guide us we have a relationship with god yes that is the way of the lord this is now there is a way of the righteous remember you and i are already righteous because of whom because of christ jesus and because of that we walk in the way of the righteous that instruction is there is given to us in the old covenant and the old testament let's go to psalm 16 for the lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish so there is a way of righteous yes way of the righteous yes let's go to proverbs 8:20 says i traverse or travel the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice so where do you travel or travels in the way of righteous go to the new testament 2 peter 2:21 for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them that means there is a way that is known that is a way of righteousness do you understand so you know from god's word what is right and what is wrong so follow what is right that is the way of righteousness now there is a path of life go to psalm 16:11 says you will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures for evermore so you will show me the paths of life the path of life that means what at each junction god will show you for example when i came to a junction goes and the lord said go right because if you go left the road will be flooded and being the obedient person that i am i went left not right as god said and guess what lo and behold 
the road was flooded and I had to come all the way back and go right for God said there's a path of life and God will show that to us go to proverbs 10:17 he who keeps instruction is in the way of life but he who refuses correction goes astray so this instruction God will show you or tell you take this way go this path this is the path of righteousness am i clear that i'm speaking about a relationship with him with god is that clear yes then there is the way of truth You went to 2 Peter 2:21. Go to 2 Peter 2:2. Says and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Who is the truth? Jesus. And because many, not a few, many will follow destructive ways, the way of truth will be blasphemed blasphemed means what something that is holy spoken of as unholy something of god spoken of as bad something of good spoken of as evil but you are called to be a minority in that case and follow the way of life the way of truth the way of the righteous am i clear yes the choice is yours there is a wrong way if you go if the, if the road says one way and you go the opposite direction there's a sign says that says it's a wrong way yes just like that there's a wrong way meaning we can tread on an alternative route this is known as the way of the wicked in the scripture go to psalm 16 for the lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish the way of the wicked shall perish yes go to psalm 146 verse 9 Since the Lord watches over the strangers he, re- he relieves the fathers and the widow but the way of the wicked he turns upside down so there is a way of the wicked it's a dark and slippery way go to Psalm 35 or 6 you can get the context to when you read this later but you understand it says let their way be dark and slippery 
and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. So it is dark and slippery. That is the way of the wicked. Yes, it is the false way. Go to Psalm 119 verse 104. It says, Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Once you get understanding, you will know which is the right way and which is the false way. That is why in your getting, get what? Understanding. And all you're getting. Do you understand? If you don't have the understanding, the false way might seem like the right way to you. But there is a false way, yes? Do you understand? Through your precepts, I get understanding. Through what? Through what God has commanded, you get understanding. And with that understanding, you will know what is right and what is wrong. Is it clear? And if you walk in the right, you're walking with God. And if you walk with God and you have a relationship with God, you will know or you will understand the communication that you have with them, which is known as prayer. You communicate with them. You say, don't do this or do this. Go to Psalm 119, 128. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I've considered to be right. I hate every false way. Here again, a contrast is made between God's precepts and the false way. Am I clear? You must understand there is a way, there is a walk before the Lord, and there is a walk of the wicked. In simple terms, you can give the glory to God, or you can keep the glory for yourself, or you can give the glory to the devil. There's a walk before God, and there's a walk before the devil. It's a right way and a false way. Your journey is eternal. If you take the false way, eternally you are under deceit and eternally you will pay a price. The point is that each one of us is on our own spiritual journey. Always walking, always stepping, always moving along a path. One path is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. It gets brighter. Go to Proverbs 4.18. It says, But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. This is one path. While the other path is of pain, grief, and ultimately final destruction. 
even though it seems like good to us. Go to Psalm 139, verse 23-24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Everlasting is eternal, yes? So the heart is deceitful about everything, yes? But you have decided with your heart that you will follow the Lord. But your prayer is search me, O God. Because the Lord knows your heart, yes? Try me means what? Prove me. That means set before me so that I will know which is the, what my heart decides. Try me and know my anxiety. Anxiety is what? Like I said last week, when you have fear, you know everything is not going to go well, yes? But when you have faith, you're not anxious. Make the connection, yes? It says, try me and know my anxieties. If you're anxious about something, is God present in that situation? No. If God is present in that situation, you will not be anxious. You will have peace. Yes? So it says, search me and try me. Yes? See if there's any wicked way in me. That means what? A wicked way means a way that is away from the Lord. Search me and try me. Let that be our daily prayer. And lead me in a way everlasting. So God will lead you and he will not be tough. He will not be a bad thing for you. Yes, sometimes you may have to leave what your friends say. Sometimes you will have to leave and disobey even the world. And what the world says is good. Because of the word of the Lord says it is bad, it is bad. Even though the world says it is good. Am I clear? So the growth of the believer is a continuous process. It is underscored by the scriptures use of the imagery of pilgrimage or a journey. I'm speaking slow. One, because I want you to understand this. We are called to live our lives before God in such a way that every single step is made with reference to Him, glorifying Him, and every day experiences Him closer to us. Every day is a step closer because of your relationship with God. You may not always do right, but like I said, your faith in Christ gets you right. You confess the word of God and then your behavior will follow. 
There is a path of life and there is a false way. We are continually imbibing or taking in or assimilating from our environment either the true life from our Creator, our Redeemer, or the counterfeit life from the deceiver, which is no life at all. So renew our mind to our identity in Christ. Hold on to your identity in Christ no matter what. Remember, again, identity first and eventually that identity will take root and you will see the fruit in your behavior and my behavior. Do you understand? So it is important to renew our mind. It may sound foolish initially, but no, God is right. We are wrong. That is putting our faith in Him. Do you understand that? Yes? So let's pray. We do not want to end this message of hope and love without letting you know that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.